What a great joy to be together, and we just believe that God is going to do some very special things in your life. We are in a series of messages called Hope is for You, because we want everyone to know God is for you, and we as the people of hope, we're, we're with God, and we want you to know that we're here for you as individuals, for your family, for our community, for our state, for our nation, for our world. God loves this world far more than we really know. And as we're in this series, we just pray we'll grow in the grace of God and just in our appreciation for how God is working amongst us. Uh, today we're talking about hope for the future. And that's so important that we have a, a spirit of hope and what is hope? It's a, a positive expectation of the future. Hope is all about future. In fact, it affects the way we feel today because of what we believe about tomorrow. That literally tomorrow can be better than today. And hope is something you have to practice. It doesn't just happen. Uh, cynicism is easy. Cynicism, negativity, is it's very easy to be critical and to look at things and just throw a negative word here. In fact, psychologists and neurologists tell us that the mind and the psychology of human beings is wired in such a way, probably because of man's disconnect from God. It's wired in a way that negativity sticks. We kind of know that, right? You can be having a day that's amazing. Everything can be going great. And then one person says one thing to you. And at night, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about, oh, that one conversation, that one person or that person that cut me off. Everything else is great. Wow, person that, that put their hand out the window and showed me something I didn't want to see. That negativity sticks with us. Positivity, faith, hope in the human soul is like Teflon which means it, it, you have to dwell and consciously practice hope because there's a default position to just let negative things rule our thinking. So when something, this is studied right now, I was listening to a, a neurologist and they were saying that you've got to hold something for at least 15 seconds for it to stick, which, which means if you, if you see a baby smile, You've got to like hold on to that for 15 seconds so it becomes, oh, that's, that's, that's it now entrenched. Or uh, if you kiss somebody, make sure you kiss them for 15 seconds because that's going to stick. You, you have to work on hope. And hope for the future is so important. In fact, I want to talk about a scripture that we have been praying and declaring for over two decades here in the family of hope. I want to bring you to an ancient prophet, to Jeremiah 29 and 11. And this is a really well-known scripture. It's on plaques and it's on t-shirts and it's on bumper stickers. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but plans that will give you hope and plans that will give you a future. 
And you can imagine just praying this and, and people believe it. And one day I had a conversation that kind of knocked me. Someone came up and said, you know, you can't really declare that verse for you. I said, why not? He said, because that verse was given to the ancient Hebrews. Jeremiah prophesied to those ancient people. And I, I thought, I said back, does that mean the first 39 books of the Bible, the first testament is... How do I relate to that? Do I just write that off and say that was for another people? And then I said, well, aren't the truths that are in this verse, aren't they truths about God? Don't they just reflect the character of God, which is true for the ancient Hebrew people, but isn't it true for us today? And I just want to talk to you, is this hope for the future, this prayer that we've prayed for a long time around here, is it, is it true for us? And, and so just think about this. Ask yourself this question. Does God have good plans for our lives? Well, God is a masterful creator and a divine designer. Just look at the, the universe. Look at the order of the stars. Look at the order of our world. He is a planner. And you're not an accident. You are by divine design. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. That's what Ephesians 2 tells us. And he's created you for good. He's got a plan and it's a good plan. Good works to come through your life. And we should walk in those plans that he has already laid out. There is a calling on your life. Sure. God has plans for you. Now, it's important that we unite with those plans, we connect with those plans, and we walk in those plans. So what about this? Are God's plans to prosper you? Does God bless you? Are his plans for your, and I know that word prosperity, some people get their, just, in fact, one day somebody said, are, are you one of those guys that pre preaches the, the gospel of prosperity? I said, well, it depends on what you mean by those words. If you mean gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, I sure believe that. I sure proclaim that. And if you mean prosperity, that when I hear that good news, and I receive the good news about Jesus, my life is better, that's prosperity, I'm getting better. Yeah. But others have twisted, there's a, there's a false prosperity, and I know that, when it becomes all about stuff and about greed, and uh, I, I think there's a false prosperity that's sometimes taught, and I, I'm not into that, but I love this prayer that John prays after his many years of walking with God. He says, here's my prayer. I'm praying that you will prosper in everything, in all things. But watch, not prosperity coming from the outside, but prosperity that comes from the inside. I want you to prosper as your soul prospers. So I absolutely believe that God's plans to bless you start on the inside. We talked about that last weekend when we talked about God healing our souls. Well, sure. So I believe that God has plans and I believe those plans are to bless you, to prosper you. Hey, I'm going to heaven. 
that's, that's a blessing. I, I've avoided hell because of Jesus. That's a blessing. That's prosperity to me. And so I think God has good plans. I think they're prosperous. And do those plans give you hope? Well, Paul in Romans 15 says he's the God of hope and he wants us to overflow with hope as we, as we trust in God, as we put our faith in God, his, his blessing is for us that we would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So these are truths that were true for Jeremiah's day and true for this day. Yes, God has plans. There are plans to bless. There are plans to prosper. There are plans to give you hope. And do they give you a future? That's what we're talking about today. Well, certainly they give you a future. God isn't finished with you today. He's got more for you. And there are good plans. And there are plans filled with hope. And there are plans that are moving you towards a future. We know that for those who love God... When we unite with God, when we come alive in Christ, all the things that are happening are pulling us forward and they're happening for our good as we walk and as we move in the purposes of God. Even Jesus said in John chapter 14, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there's many rooms or there's many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So he's got plans. God has long-term plans for your future that you would be with him. There are plans that would blow your mind. So here, the truths of Jeremiah 29, 11 are eternal truths. God is a planner and he's planning for all of us, you included. Uh, God's plans are plans of blessing. God is a good father who loves his children and wants the very best for them. They're plans that give you hope and they're plans that give you a future. But I'd like to take Jeremiah 29 and connect it to Jeremiah's time. In fact, I think that only strengthens the things we've just talked about. Uh, every scripture has a story. It's important for us to know that when we read the Bible, and I've seen verses ripped out of context, and I've seen them misapplied. So you just need to know when you read a verse like Jeremiah 29, 11, that every scripture has a story. And then every story in God's book of blessing, the Bible, every story connects to the great story, the story of redemption. And that's the whole story of God. But, but, we got to take our verses in context. In fact, to separate a verse, a scripture from its context, to separate a verse from context, if you separate that, you end up just with the con. And you can get conned that way. No context will leave you with a false impression. But let's put this verse in Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah was a prophet. He prophesied to God's people. Um, because they had allowed idolatry to seize their souls. They were creating their own ideas about God rather than the revelation that God gave to them. And that always leaves people in a bad way. In fact, Jeremiah prophesies to the ancient Hebrew people while they're in exile. They have now, because they've got messed up in their faith walk with God, it has allowed the Babylonians to come in and 
take them from their home, take them from their cities, and to carry them across the desert to Babylon. They are in exile. Verse 1 of Jeremiah 29 says, to the elders that are in exile, uh, you've been taken to Babylon, it says there. So Jeremiah 29, 11 is a great verse, but it's written to people that are in great distress. And they were going to be in great distress for longer than they wanted to be. He says, now that you're in Babylon, it's not going to be a quick answer. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 follows Jeremiah giving these instructions that while you're in Babylon, you might as well build houses. You're not coming back tomorrow. You might as well plant your gardens, plant your fields. You're going to have to harvest some food. You're going to be there a while. You might as well take wives and have children because you're going to be there a while. You've been carried into exile. And actually, while you're there in Babylon, you've got to pray for Babylon to prosper. Because as they have welfare or as they are blessed, as they they have favor, as things work well for them, it's going to work well for you because you're going to be intertwined with these Babylonians for longer than you want to be. In fact, verse 10, which comes right before verse 11, says you are going to be exiled for 70 years. And we can read that quickly. We can read 70 years and just kind of, well, it's 70 years. But just pause. That's a long time. How many of us haven't even hit 70 yet? Or just think about 70 years ago. That was a long time ago. 70 years ago, there was no cell phone. Nobody even thought about it. You know how they called on the phone 70 years ago? Rotary phones. Some of you just don't even know what that's about. You put your finger in, you have to move your finger in a circle to get a number. You go, wow. That's that's 70 years ago. That's how they were doing it. They didn't have computers. Personal computers weren't thought of. They typed on typewriters 70 years ago. 70 years ago, there was no McDonald's. Certainly no Chick-fil-A. It's a long time. I'm just trying to say, we can read over that and go, okay, well, seven, no, 70 years is a long time. And Jeremiah says, you are going to be exiled for a long time. So when we take that backdrop, that story, and we apply Jeremiah 29.11, what does it mean to us? And to the future that we are moving towards because all of us are moving towards a future. You can't help it. You're not where you were yesterday and you're not where you're going to be tomorrow. You're in this moment in time. And as we pray, declare Jeremiah 29, 11, here are some things about our future. Number one, just know this. From the story that surrounds Jeremiah 29, 11, trials bring Joy. Trials are not easy. Tough times are not easy. But the outworking of tough times is joy. In fact, James tells us to consider it pure joy. Tough words. 
my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, the ancient Hebrews and you and I today, when we go through tough times, need to know God's plans for your future have not been vacated. They're still in action. Because your testing will produce perseverance and perseverance will help you to grow and be mature and become something you're not right now. And then you will be complete. You'll be lacking nothing. You will, you will have a blessed, a greater blessed life in the future. So the great thing that we need to do when we go through tough times, when we face trials, is just say, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? I have learned so many incredible life lessons in tough times. And it's not to lose my sense of joy or wonder in the midst of tough times, but to say, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? In the midst of COVID, tough times. This, this is a trial. It's just, it's not perfect. Now, what do we need to learn? If you were with us uh, last Wednesday evening for a gathering service we had here, we just explain some of the things that we feel that God is saying to us. Things that we need to learn as a church family. And one of the big things that we are listening to the Spirit is that God is calling us to be more intentional about discipling God's people. And we're praying and preparing for that. So in the midst of this tough time, we're learning, we're listening, we're leaning into God because we know that out of this tough time, there's joy. In fact, we're not waiting. Listen, we're not waiting for the joy sometime in the future. In the midst of this, we're experiencing joy. And that's a great lesson. From Jeremiah 29, God's people were in exile. They were, they were in a foreign land. They were under, they were like POWs. They couldn't wander freely. They were enslaved. And yet, Jeremiah says, God hasn't forgotten you. And James says, in the midst of hardship, consider joy. So there's joy. Whatever's been going on in your life, Jeremiah 29, you can have joy. Get this as well, from Jeremiah 29, the greater story of Jeremiah 29, that we are strangers. Jeremiah 29, they were exiles in Babylon, but it's true, friends, we, people of God, are strangers in this world. Jesus says it. Hey, you're not of this world. In fact, sometimes the world may hate you and teach, treat you strangely because you just don't fit in. Don't get your roots down too deeply into this culture because it's not your culture. You have a culture of Christ in you and Christ through you. And Jeremiah 29, 11 is the people who know we're not home yet. No matter what happens in two weeks in the election, please know this, we're not of this world. I believe everyone should operate and get out and I think Vote. I think that's a responsibility and also as a person of faith, it's, it's something we, I would say, must do. But when the results happen, when the death settles, remember. Remember these people in Jeremiah's day. Remember them in the midst of 
exile, and if it doesn't feel right, just know, hey, I'm not of this world, and I'm not going to get my stakes too deep into this world, because I am a stranger in this land. That's a good thing for us to remember. And as we quote Jeremiah 29, 11, remember that. And then just remember God always keeps his promises. It happened in Jeremiah's day. After 70 years, guess what? The people came back home. This verse that Jeremiah promised in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, hey, you're, don't worry. God hasn't forgotten you in the midst of your exile, in the midst of your hardship. I'm going to bring you back home. And guess what? God did it. When Jesus says, hey, if you open your heart, if you follow me, you receive eternal life. He keeps that promise. And so if someone comes to you and says, hey, don't declare Jeremiah 29, 11. It's not for your future. Just say, well, that may be how you feel. And as soon as you turn your back to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have good plans for me. Thank you, Lord, that you have plans that will bless me and plans that will prosper me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you give me hope and, and you give me a future and you give me things I cannot give myself and I'm holding on to your promise. And if you don't like this promise, which I happen to love and I, I encourage you to hold on to it, there's so many other great promises that God gives. How about this promise? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will supply all of your needs according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. That everything you need, he will supply. So we need to be people that open our heart to Jesus and allow Christ to fill us and give us a hope for the future. Know that he has gone and he is preparing a place and heaven is going to be absolutely awesome. But until we get to heaven, we're praying for an open heaven to be over our lives. We're praying that the Spirit of God will flow through us. We're praying thy will be done right here in this day, just like it is in heaven. So I'm living today with an eye on the future, and I have a hope for the future. And, and we have been praying here in the family of hope this prayer for, we're now in our 25th year. And no matter what other people say, hey, we're going to keep on praying because we know these promises were yes for those ancient Hebrew people. But these promises are for you. These promises are for us. And God has a glorious future. And God's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. And he's not finished with us yet. So I just encourage you in this moment, wherever you are, to let the Spirit of Christ fill your home. Um, don't be distracted right now. Just invite the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that moved on Jeremiah to prophesy and declare to people that were in exile, hey, God hasn't forgotten you. Please know today God hasn't forgotten you. God is not far away from you. God is for you. He's reaching out towards you. and All he wants is for you to open. Open your heart and receive what God is doing. And I just pray in the strong name of Jesus, as we take this moment and we open our 
our hearts, the soul of our being to the power and to the person of Christ. I pray that your whole soul would be filled with the whole presence of Christ. I pray that the truth of God calling you towards a better future would be alive in you, that you would turn away from sin, turn away from idolatry, quit telling God what he's like and, and listen to his word and say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study this book. I'm going to find out what you're like and I'm going to live in you. I'm going to say yes to you, Lord. And as you say yes to the Lord, I really pray that God will do just an amazing work in your life. And I encourage you, if you're saying yes to the Lord, hey, let us know. Just text the word yes uh, to our text number and we'll send you free material, ebook to help you grow in your faith life. Just text to 941-260-1321. And if you have any prayer needs, we're here to pray to the same God that Jeremiah knew and the same God that we know. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just text the word prayer. We'd love to connect with you. We have a team of people and we believe in the power of prayer. And I promise you, God keeps his word. So I want to pray this blessing. May the Lord bless you. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and with all peace as you trust in God so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you, we bless you, and we pray for God's very best in your future. You have hope for the future.